Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. Uh, this is a podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. On this episode, I'm going to discuss the new Indiana Jones film, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But before we get into the review, a little bit about the show. Again, this is a podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, uh, including Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. So please, uh, wherever you listen, uh, click and subscribe so you can get notifications when new shows are available. You can see this podcast on the YouTube channel, also on Facebook and on Twitter. The handle for Twitter is at Bend Your Ear Pod. If you go to the likes column in the Twitter profile, you can see all the shows there. You can also, like I said, see it on the YouTube channel. Just uh, search for the same handle at Bend Your Ear Pod. And uh, if you could subscribe to that channel, that'd be great. And if you can also like the Facebook page, that's under Let Me Bend Your Ear. Uh, video episodes are there available as well. You can get all the episodes of this podcast from the website. The website is LetMeBendYourEar.com. If you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. And if you happen to be on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube while I'm recording and you have a comment about this particular episode, uh, feel free to go into the chat there. And if I can see it there, I'll try to respond. All right. Let's talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So before I get into the review, of course, if you are a movie fan, even a minor movie fan don't go to the movies all the time everybody's heard of indiana jones uh, probably one of the greatest movie characters in cinema history of course embodied by harrison ford now in episode 76 i reviewed raiders of the lost ark and if you follow me on twitter and if i've ever interacted with anyone regarding raiders of the lost ark and i've said it there a million times and i'll say it here and i said it on the review in my opinion Raiders of the Lost Ark is the greatest action-adventure movie ever made, bar none, period, no qualification. It's unbelievable. It's Harrison Ford at his peak. It's Steven Spielberg at his direction peak. It's the greatest action-adventure movie ever made. So any movie that follows up, that film is going to be tough. Now, of course, the first three films, like I said, I have not reviewed Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade on the podcast. I will get to that. I'm actually deciding if I'm going to do Crystal Skull. I actually watched it the other day to actually review it before Dial of Destiny, but I was able to see Dial of Destiny sooner than I anticipated. So I want to get this out first because obviously this movie just opened. So I'll make some references to Crystal, Crystal Skull, but not many because uh, I may do a full-blown review uh, after this episode. So, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark, for me personally, is one of my seminal films that made me love movies. So, if you've, like I said, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, I have five movies that they're not, I mean, I guess you could call them my top five movies, but what I refer to this particular list for me is the five movies that made me love movies. And if you've not heard the list before, the list is Superman, 1978, directed by Richard Donner. Citizen Kane, 1941, directed by Orson Welles. Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg. 1993, Schindler's List, directed by Steven Spielberg. And Goodfellas, 
1990, directed by Martin Scorsese. Those are my top five films that made me love movies for different reasons. Um, and uh, and I came about those movies at different times in my life. Now, obviously, the movies on my list skew to the 80s, late 70s, and early 90s. That's where I grew up. Of course, Citizen Kane being the exception. Um, I watched that film when I was a, uh, a young adult and became a huge fan of Orson Welles. So those are the five movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark being one of them. So that movie, of course, and that character of Indiana Jones holds a special place in my heart. So coming into Dial of Destiny, I know when this movie was announced with Spielberg potentially going to direct, the skepticism about it was warranted, and I understand it and agreed with it after the poor reception of Crystal Skull. Harrison Ford's advancing age. So obviously in 2008, Crystal Skull, he was already 65. He's broaching 80 when this film gets out. So I understand the skepticism and I'll talk a little bit more about that as I get deeper into the review. But then the announcement came during pre-production that Steven Spielberg was not actually going to direct Dial of Destiny. And James Mangold was hired to co-write the script and direct the film now this made me very excited i was bummed that steven spielberg wasn't going to direct it now i'm only speculating as to why he didn't do it but here is the one thing i i mean i'm not sure mangold actually has a couple of reasons that he thinks he never asked spielberg directly why he didn't want to direct this this latest film since he's directed the rest of them and i know it holds a special place in his heart as well he never, Mangold never asked Spielberg, but he suspected that he was working on The Fablemans, which, you know, it was his autobiographical film that came out earlier, or actually late last year, um, about his life, his family, and he was focused on that. Now, I have a theory that's based on nothing other than my knowledge of Spielberg's opinion about portraying Nazis in films pre-Schindler's List and post-Schindler's List. So the way I understand it, and I've read it in the past, you know, obviously Raiders and Last Crusade deal with Nazis in a kind of, for lack of a better term, cartoonish way, I guess you could put it. But I always thought, especially in Raiders of the Lost Ark, more so than The Last Crusade, I still thought the Nazis presented as very menacing, very, you, you, you knew that they were the bad guys and they were the personification of evil which is why I think that's one of the things that adds to the strength of Raiders of the Lost Ark because that screenplay, which is phenomenal, but the fact that they're, that the Nazis were going after the Ark for supposedly the magical powers of God fits right into the narrative of the Nazis and the final solution and them being the perfect race and trying to take over the world. So that added heft to that story, to the pulpy, you know, serial action story that George Lucas was trying to uh, bring back in the 80s that from the movies he loved in the 40s and 50s, those cliffhanger, serial, um, nonstop action-packed short films that you would see uh, in front of actual films back when he was little. So I always thought the Nazis were portrayed. I never thought they were cartoonish. I, some people have that opinion. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think it's that cartoonish. But from what I read... After making Schindler's List, obviously, that powerful film, also in my top five, I think he 
had no desire to revisit an Indiana Jones film dealing with the Nazis. So obviously, Crystal Skull was was Russians, not Nazis. And this screenplay, when it became obvious, it's been through different iterations, I think including one, a Shyamalan screenplay, and there was somebody else, another famous screenwriter that took a pass at it as well. I don't remember who it is. But... I think with the Nazis being again introduced into the to this world, I think I don't know if Spielberg just is not interested or was not interested in revisiting those the Nazis as bad guys. Like I said total speculation on my part. I don't know if that's the case, but regardless, he stepped away from directing this film, and James Mangold took over, uh, co-writing the screenplay, directing the movie. Now, I was very excited at this announcement. Bum that Spielberg was leaving, but Mangold. Is a very good director. He's directed some excellent movies. Starting, I'll go back to Copland, which is one of my favorite ensemble movies, a smaller independent movie, but with a fantastic cast. I highly recommend it. Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, just a phenomenal cast in that film. Robert Patrick, I think, is in it as well. Great movie. He's also directed Ford versus Ferrari, which is great. He directed Logan, the final Wolverine film. Of course, now Wolverine's going to come back in Deadpool three. But he directed the excellent Logan, which was, you know, quote unquote, the farewell of Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. Very good movie. I don't know. He's directed the acclaimed Western 310 to Yuma, which is a remake. I have not seen that film, uh, but uh, I heard it's fantastic. And he also directed Girl Interrupted. So him taking over this film, I thought, made me optimistic because he's a fantastic director. Now, that being said, it is a daunting task to do an Indiana Jones film. Especially, like I said, when you're taking over from one of the best directors of all time. So, let's get into the review. So, let's start with the the plot a little bit. So, the opening of Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny is what does something in the tradition that's uh, something I love, or actually in Last Crusade with a with a with a prologue. So in Dial of Destiny, there's a prologue, 1944. Now, there's been a lot of talk in the press about the de-aged Harrison Ford in this sequence. I've read online mixed reviews of how it looked. I thought the de-aging looked fantastic. It's the best I've ever seen it. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times. Obviously, the Irishman was the most famous example. This is much better. Now, I know, and, and from what I understand, they, I think they had an advantage here because what they did is they went through hundreds of hours that they had of Harrison Ford younger playing Indiana Jones, and they were able to use that in the de-aging process. So I think that helped it look a lot more realistic. Is it perfect? No. There was some, especially when the character was moving quickly, you can kind of see it a little bit, but it was, but it was nowhere near anywhere being distracting. I thought it was fantastic. So the sequence opens on a train, 1944, towards the end of World War II. Uh, this is a train, basically a... Nazi uh, contraband train where they're taking a bunch of antiquities to, you know, obviously take them and, and 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 fill their coffers. So it's basically that. So he is on the train with a colleague of his who is also an archaeologist. Um, his name is, let me pull his name up here, Basil Shaw, played by uh, actor Toby Jones. And they're looking for the lance of Leginus, which is allegedly a knife that pierced Jesus Christ, so the blood of Christ is on it. So obviously, you're starting to see those themes that you saw in Raiders with the religious artifact of the Ark of the Covenant, and then, of course, revisited back in Last Crusade, 
the Holy Grail Cup of Christ. Here's a, another uh, artifact that's directly related to Jesus Christ. So they're trying to get that. Um, they find out that actually that's fake. But there is another artifact that is on the train. And it is a dial that was created by the mathematician Archimedes. And this dial supposedly finds fissures in time. So in this sequence on the train, Indy and Basil are being chased by a German astrophysicist uh, played by Mads Mikkelsen. His name is uh, Jürgen Waller, who wants this dial, obviously, for nefarious purposes. Or as we find out, you'll find out he wants to kind of go back in time or try to find a way to win the war for Hitler and undo Hitler's mistakes. So this opening sequence is about almost 25 minutes. It opens the film. It's a fantastic sequence. I love it. Like I said, some people haven't. I thought it was phenomenal. This opening sequence of the film close is the closest to capturing the feel of the original trilogy and of Steven Spielberg's direction. The action is great. It's funny. It's nonstop thrills for that first 24 minutes. So watching that sequence, I'm like, wow, okay, that's how you open the film. So I was already my, like I said, I, I want, I'm just looking forward to this film because it's obviously probably going to be Harrison Ford's last as the character. So I was, I'm coming in ready to love the movie, even though I've heard some of the mixed reviews from the Cannes Film Festival, I was ready to come in, ready to love it. And then I get that opening sequence, love it. I'm ready to go. I'm juiced about the rest of the movie. So the movie jumps from 1944 to 1969. So in the timeline of these movies, this is going to be 12 years um, after, or excuse me, yes, 12 years after Crystal Skull. So Crystal Skull was 1957, this is 1969. So of course, during this point, this is late summer, early fall, 1969. So of course, what's going on there is the moon landing, Apollo 11. They've gone on the moon, the astronauts have come back down. At this point, Dr. Jones is a professor at Hunter College in New York City. He lives by himself. So, of course, that begs the question, what happened after Crystal Skull? We know that he buried uh, Marion, played by the great Karen Allen, and, of course, found out about his son, Mutt, played by Shia LaBeouf. So, in the beginning of Dial of Destiny, when they jumped to 1969, he's living in an apartment by himself. So, obviously, something has happened uh, with his marriage there. And he's teaching at the college, and he's basically getting ready to retire. They throw a retirement party for him. Uh, it's basically, you know, end of his career. He's just kind of just teaching, not really doing anything else. And he is visited by a woman named Helena Shaw, who turns out to be his goddaughter. So the daughter of Basil Shaw, who was in the opening sequence in 1944, who discovered the dial. Uh, of Archimedes so she has a proposal for him she wants to get the dial her father was obsessed with it to the point where he appeared to be crazy basically you find out that her dad wanted Dr. Jones to destroy the dial so that it couldn't do any harm per se. We also find out that the dial is in two pieces because Archimedes was so worried about its power that he separated it. So 
Helena Shaw, she seems to be an archaeologist. She really knows a lot about the stuff. So Dr. Jones tells her, you know, everything about it, what he knows about her father, the journals her father wrote. And then while that story is being told to Helena, you see a group of agents coming that turns out to be from the CIA that are after Helena, and more specifically, after the dial. So Helena steals the dial from Indiana Jones and takes off. So we find out that she's not really an archaeologist. She's really a black market seller of antiquities. And she just wanted to get it so she could sell it. So that's the main thrust of the story. So obviously, the Jürgen Vola character is involved. So what happens is, from the war to 1969, which I was hoping that they would explore a little bit more here, because if you know the history of the space program, and actually I brought it up when I did my, my reviews of, of films about going into space, and Apollo 13 references it very slightly, There's there was a group of German scientists that assisted with the space program. And there is some controversy about that. I'm not, I don't know deeply into it, but there was some controversy that some of them were Nazis. And, uh, you know, brilliant scientists, but happened to be Nazis that assisted with the space program. So in this movie, the Vola character is an astrophysicist. He helps get them on the moon, and he actually is a Nazi. Uh, so they kind of talk about it a little bit. I wish I would have delved into it more. So anyway, he's, of course, still searching for the dial searching for both halves of the dial so he can activate it and go back to undo Hitler's errors and hopefully help him win the war. So that's the main thrust. I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to give away too much of the plot. That's pretty much the, the meat of it. So, of course, this sets into motion the action. So she steals the dial. Indiana Jones goes after her and... A lot of actions, some action sequences ensue. So let me get into what I liked about the movie first. A couple things. One, the opening sequence again. It's a great start to the movie. It really sets the tone that I thought it was going to set. I'll, I'll totally see why it failed in a few minutes. But like I said, it was it was a great start. The de-aged Indiana Jones looked fantastic. The sequence was great. Phenomenal. It was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, the second thing I loved about it, and it's really the first thing, before I get into my thoughts about the issues with the movie, Harrison Ford, you can tell that he loves playing this character and he values this character. because. And I've read some things, and I think it's true, and I know some Harrison Ford takes some criticism about some of the films he's done probably in the last 20 years, that he's kind of walked through it, that he's kind of not really caring about it. There was even some criticism about him coming back as Han Solo, his other beloved character. But I, watching Dial of Destiny, he is, he's Indiana Jones. He's He loves playing the character. He respects the character. He respects the audience. His performance in this movie is fantastic. Uh, so before I get to my issues, I just want to get that out there. That's one of the that's one of the positives about this movie is the the fantastic performance that he gives. He gives it his all, and uh, that's not a problem with this movie. So those are the two main things that uh, I liked a lot about Dial of Destiny. Now, my issues with the movie, and um, there's quite a few. So. 
as I'm watching the film, there are there are a couple of really good action sequences. Of course, like I said, the first action sequence is good. There's a couple of good ones. There's a good chase sequence in there. Pretty good chase sequence. But the issue is, there's two issues. One, you have the limitations of Harrison Ford's age. So even understanding that and trying to navigate around that as far as me viewing the movie and my enjoyment of the film, this is where I think the argument of stopping making these movies after Last Crusade maybe should have been the last one is where I think is valid because Harrison Ford, who's in fantastic physical shape for a man his age, he's not 35. He can't do what was required of the Indiana Jones character. So the Indiana Jones character at his heart is a swashbuckling archaeologist and nonstop action roles. That's not what Harrison Ford can do. And not his fault. He's almost 80. No one would expect him to be able to do that. But that being said, even if it's an unfair expectation, this is what these movies are. So to me, there was not enough action in the film. Not enough action. And again, it's not something that they could really do much about. But unfortunately, it detracted from me. So this leads to the story. So uh, the thing that's puzzling to me is I liked the MacGuffin in the movie of the Dial of Destiny. I thought was great. I thought the the mechanism of how they were trying to get it was great. What What it meant, what it could do. All of that was actually interesting to me. I thought they did a decent job with that. But again, it's tough to, especially when you're putting it with the standard of, like I said, of Raiders, which is the greatest action movie ever made, in my opinion. When you're putting it against that, it's tough. That's a high bar. For me, anyway, it's probably the highest bar. And like I said, I wanted to come into this movie to love it. But unfortunately, it just, it it the movie went through, kind of went through the motions in the sense that it would, you know, do those things and... Mads Mikkelsen as as Waller is very good. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she was fine. Like I said, I watched her in Fleabag. Uh, The television show, I thought she was great. She's good here. I don't think, you know, I know some people have criticized her. I thought she was fine. So the cast is good. You get a return of Sala, John Rhys-Davis from the original trilogy, which is fantastic. Uh, You haven't seen him since The Last Crusade, so it's great to see him as well. But again, the action sequences are pretty good but there's too few of them and like i said when you're working around the the limitation of the age of harrison ford but i get it but unfortunately that really really detracts from it so that that's definitely a problem so it just when i was watching the movie i just felt i was watching it i wasn't hating the movie it, it was it's it's watchable and i said that in my twitter post it's a watchable movie but i never felt engaged and super excited and 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 the feelings you get when you watch an indiana jones film especially one done at a high level the non-stop action the what's going to happen next i just really that just really was missing for me in this movie it really was missing um and one of the things i guess to go back to was good the john williams music of course is fantastic as it always is so so watching the movie it just it it felt like it was, you know, it was trying to do hit the notes, some references to the older movies. So th- those things were great as well. And uh, but it just didn't, it didn't hit me like I wanted it to. It didn't, it didn't grab me 
like an Indiana Jones movie should grab you. It should grab you and never let you go until the movie's over. And this movie definitely did not do that. So the next thing that I will say, and this is kind of my mixed feelings about the movie, if you've read anything online, there's a lot of talk about the third act of the movie. I'm not going to say anything about third act. I'm not going to spoil it at all. What I will say is they take a big... Well, at first when I was watching, I'm like, oh, they're taking a big swing with this third act. But then I thought about it, but I'm like, wait a minute. This is this. These are a series of movies that dealt with the Ark of the Covenant having powers, voodoo, and pulling somebody's heart out in Temple of Doom, the Holy Grail, things that are not of this earth. So the third act here bothered me less as I was thinking about wait a minute this is this is the world we're playing in so I didn't have an issue with it and it was a very it's a big swing and what I will say to go back actually now that I'm talking about it again and not to spoil anything what I did like about what the third act set up was it did set up a poignant ending to the movie and the Indiana Jones character so what I liked about the third act was it took a big swing, an interesting swing. And if you go with it, I think you'll probably like it. Some people may just turn on it and hate it. But if you go with it and like it, I think it sets it up, it sets up for a very poignant ending for this character. Uh, Harrison Ford playing this character. Hopefully nobody, they won't try to reboot it. God, I hope not. I've read things online where people are like, well, you know, they don't want Harrison Ford to pass away because if they do, then they're immediately going to try to reboot it. God, I hope that's false. Nobody else can play this character. This is That's why when I heard the rumors a couple of years ago of Chris Pratt, Pratt or anybody else, nothing against Chris Pratt, th there's nobody else that can play Indiana Jones. Period. End of discussion. It, it, it would be foolish. Now, that's never stopped Hollywood before, but it would be the most foolish nonsense if they ever recast this, this character. But anyway, that being said, so the third act takes a big swing and sets up a poignant emotional end um, uh, resolution for Indiana Jones, that character, and of the movie. So there are some moments towards the end of it that I thought were, were emotional and good, and um, especially when it references things that happened in the past. And I know this is a movie about, about themes about, of course, getting older, um, you know, Time kind of passing you by, you becoming kind of a relic, literally uh, becoming irrelevant. So, you know, with the age of the, you know, the moon landing and things like that, you know, they make a couple of references to, you know, basically people like Indiana Jones or fossils and, and literally and figuratively and, uh, and your place in the world when you're older and uh, your relevancy when you're older to try to retain that relevancy. So all those themes are in the movie. Uh, and you can see them there. It's just it it doesn't all come together in a not in, in in the way that I was hoping. So, like I said, Indiana Jones at its best, you know, going back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, is a nonstop thrill ride from beginning to end. The Indiana Jones films, specifically the first trilogy, the thing about those movies was there were no dull spots it was non-stop and I, and I think that was the mantra of lucas and the mantra especially of spielberg the you you cannot have stopping of action there's sequence 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 one seemingly topping the one before it it was non-stop action it's a thrill ride from beginning to end and 
to bring up a current slate of movies, even though they compare it to the James Bond films, the last few Mission Impossible films have been phenomenal. Non-stop action rides, incredible stunt work, all that stuff, all the things that you get from Raiders of the Lost Ark, you get now in Mission Impossible. Unfortunately, you don't get it in this Indiana Jones film. So for me, that was, was really disappointing. Like I said, I wasn't coming in. I was coming in the last two years. I was I was excited for this movie. Even though the skepticism was warranted from everybody, I was coming in glass half full. So I wanted. I was coming into the movie with with just a open heart to hopefully that the movie would be fantastic. I was coming into that with that mindset. So unfortunately, it did not deliver that way. It's disappointing because I really, really, really wanted to love this movie. Now. There is uh, people are happy, and I, I've seen some really. It's funny because I've seen the cans review. The can review after the festival were, were super negative, mixed to negative, like really bad. And then, of course, as the movie has come out, I've seen a lot of positive reviews, and people really like it, which that's fantastic. If you have seen it or are going to see it, and you and you end up loving it, that's great. I I love that. I love that. And and what's great is you get to see Harrison Ford play the character one more time. So for me. Before I give you my star review, if you are a fan of Harrison Ford, more specifically a fan of Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones, then go see Dial of Destiny. Then I think on that level alone, you'll be happy to go to the movies one more time, to see that character one more time, and see that story conclude. So I think for that reason alone, if you're that big of a fan, I would recommend you go see it. Now, as a general review for the general audience that's either a passive fan of it or really doesn't know, I don't know who would know about Indiana Jones, uh, but I know the box office is probably going to be disappointing, and, and I don't know if this is something you know that this this is too removed from the young moviegoers and what the young moviegoers want. I've seen a, peop- a couple of people talk about that, and that's probably a valid point. You know, I'm a child of the '80s. You know, like I said, Indi- Raiders of the Lost Ark is a definitive movie for me and my movie-going life, and one of the me- reasons why I love movies. So for me, it it, uh, it touches a deeper place in me than maybe, you know, obviously anybody that's under the age of 30 would not care much about Indiana Jones unless they're movie buffs and have discovered it, um, however they would have discovered that movie. So for me, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, I'm going to give it out of five stars, I'm going to give it two and a half. Uh, and as I stated in my blurb on Twitter, like I said, it's... I wanted to. I wanted to love this movie so much. I wanted to, to come in, say this movie was fantastic, one of the best ones since the original. Give it a four star review. It just, unfortunately, I can't do that. Uh, it's two and a half out of five. It's watchable, like I said, and like I said in my blurb, watchable for the standards set by Indiana Jones. It that's not good enough. So for me, two and a half stars out of five. So on that scale, for me, that's not a movie I would watch again. Like I said, if you are a fan of Indiana Jones, the character, and Harrison's portrayal of that character, by all means, go see it. Uh, I think you'll find enough to enjoy about his performance in the movie to elevate it for you. Um, it elevated it for me from giving it a worse review, but it didn't elevate it enough for me to say it stands you know, toe-to-toe with Last Crusade or Temple of Doom because um, nothing will ever stand next to Raiders of the Lost Ark. But Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, both phenomenal films. 
it doesn't it doesn't rise to the level of even rivaling those two movies which is unfortunate i was hoping with like i said with the with the great director of james mango who like i said i'm a huge fan of and was excited that he was going to do this film if it wasn't going to be spielberg um he just unfortunately didn't wasn't able to pull this one off uh to the level that i was expecting so that's unfortunate and it's a disappointment but again i'm going to give indiana jones and the dial of destiny two and a half stars out of five and as i stated uh i may or may not i'm, I'm going back and forth on the fence since it'll be in reverse order I may review Crystal Skull for the next episode. If not, we'll just move forward and do other movies. And I may come revisit it. And I still have to do Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. Especially when I've seen all this stuff online too. People talking about uh, The Last Crusade being the best of all of them. So let me, for my, let me just set this straight here. Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best movie of all of them. I, I can't even entertain any other arguments temple of doom the way i had it was raiders crusade temple of doom now a lot of people love temple of doom and here's the thing about temple of doom me putting temple of doom in third place doesn't make it not a phenomenal movie that movie is fantastic when i saw it in the movies i loved it i loved every minute of it this was revisiting it later i just thought the it was dark which was fine but i thought it kind of it wasn't the tone of the Indiana Jones films. And and I think it just threw it off for me a little bit. But that's a slight criticism. Last Crusade, I thought, had the spirit of Indiana Jones. It's still not as good. Or excuse me, of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's still not as good, but it's damn good movie. Temple of Doom, damn good. But I'll stop there. I'll do reviews of those probably at some point down the road. As well as Crystal Skull. But sticking with Dial of Destiny, it, like I said, two and a half stars out of five. Like I said, Harrison Ford's fantastic. Uh, it's great to see him don the character one more time. And it's great to, like I said earlier, it's great to see. And if you see the interviews that he's given, he's not one for interviews. He's he's not, he doesn't really do them. So I was actually surprised. But you can see, and if you listen to him talk about the fans, the character, I think it's pretty apparent to me that of all the characters he's played in all the movies he's been in, Indiana Jones is his favorite character, the one he has the most reverence for, uh, the one he's had the most fun playing. Uh, so he can do the character in his sleep, and that's a compliment. That's not an insult. He gets that hat on, that suit on, that whip, and it's just boom. It's just automatic. He's fantastic no matter what age. But like I said, unfortunately, there's just too many limitations of the film to 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 make me recommend it any higher than two and a half stars so again let me know what you think um either in the chat here or after you listen to the show uh give me your thoughts on it like i said you can email the show at bend your ear podcast at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at bend your ear pod that's also the handle for the youtube channel and also the handle for instagram so let me know uh, your thoughts on indiana jones and the dial of destiny directed by james mangold again i'm giving it two and a half stars out of five so I want to thank everybody that's been listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for downloading it. Uh, if you can recommend it to friends, that would be great. If you know someone that's looking for a new movie podcast, uh, please send them my way. I would love to uh, uh, get new listeners. Again, if you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you'll get notifications when I go live. Or you can watch it, of course, at your leisure. Again, the podcast is available wherever you get your podcast now. Uh, just click and subscribe. I would ask if you don't mind, if you're a fan of the show, please rate and review. Hopefully you give it five stars. The reason I ask for that is 
the more ratings and review a show can generate, the higher it'll come in search results in the event somebody's out of podcast and are looking for a new movie podcast. So if you could do that, I would appreciate it. Also, if you see my tweets out there on Twitter, if you can retweet them, especially when I have shows coming out, that'd be fantastic. I would really appreciate that. And uh, again, I want to thank all the people that listen, that watch the show and uh, have supported the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's been so much fun doing it. As I stated a couple episodes back, I've just passed... Uh, this month was the fifth anniversary of the podcast. I can't believe I've been doing this for five years. It's been fantastic. I love doing it. I love talking about movies. So thank you so much uh, for watching, for listening, for commenting on my tweets, for everything. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So again, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, two and a half stars out of five. So thank you for listening. I will see you soon with a new episode. And again, thank you so much for supporting the show. Have a great night.